0: Anything that you can place into your imagination can harden into a reality. And that is the quote of the day. the day show i'm your host sean croxton of seancroxton.com. we've got one of your favorite speakers back on the show today dr wayne dyer and dr wayne is talking about a couple of my favorite topics the imagination and also the qualities of self-actualized people here's dr dyer
1: and thoreau's definition of success was this he said if you advance confidently in the direction of your own dreams and endeavor to live the life which you have imagined, you will meet with a success unexpected in common hours. That's what my life has been about. It's been dedicated to this idea of of advancing confidently in the direction of my own dreams and endeavoring to live this life which, which I have imagined. And the key word there is dreamed and imagined your imagination is your greatest gift anything that you can place into your imagination can harden into a reality if you follow very specific principles I outlined them in detail in "Wishes fulfilled if you begin to assume the feeling of a wish fulfilled if you begin to know within your heart <coughs> that what it is that you came here to be and came here to do I was so blessed as a young doctoral student to have as a mentor a man many of you read when you were in college. His name was Abraham Maslow. He's most famous for his uh, (coughs) hierarchy of needs. At the top of this pyramid, he said, there is something inherent in each and every one of us. The base is just our needs to take care of our bodies to feed them well to give them enough rest to do all of these kinds of things and then our needs to belong and our needs to fit in and our needs to be loved. These are all part of this hierarchy of who we are as human beings. But at the very top is this apex, this little corner of the pyramid. It's called self-actualization. To actualize your life in the way that you came here to actualize it. And Maslow said that the, there are certain people who come into this world who live from a self-actualized perspective. And there's certain things about them, there's certain qualities that they possess. There's a certain way that they go about their life. And that um, they're very seldom understood. I thought about that a lot the other night as I was watching Jobs. I think about it as I was sitting next to your CEO, Mark. That, um, and I think about it in terms of my own life. Because so many people are willing to come into your life and tell you what your Dharma ought to be. That you should be doing this. That you should live that way. That when you place your thoughts on what other people want for you, or when you put your thoughts so much on what you don't want, or what's missing, or what you can't have. And self-actualized people don't think like that. The day that I became acquainted with Dr. Abraham Maslow was because the principal in the school where I was a school counselor got the flu. And she changed the whole course of my life that day when she got the flu. Because because she got the flu and was sick, I had to address the entire parent group of the school that I was teaching at in Michigan, Mercy High School. And that, the day after Labor Day in 1966, I addressed the student and their and their parents on what I had a vision for what the school year was going to look like. I was 26 years old. I had just received my master's degree and was ready to peruse all of the different ways of studying for a doctoral degree. I was going to study Jungian analyst, I was going to study Skinnerian approach to psychology. I, was to, I had all of these ideas on what I wanted to do. And a girl named Nancy Armstrong walked into my office. Now, these are quantum moments. Maslow called them peak experiences. She walked into my office, and I look back at this as I wrote I Can See Clearly Now, and I think about this so profoundly. It was like she handed me a book. It was a compendium of great contributors, Yeats and, uh, and Freud. and I mean, every... every uh, scholastic area of inquiry was in there. There was about maybe 80 or 90 essays in there. And she said, my mom heard you speak last night. And she was so taken by what you said that she uh, got this book because she's a member of something called the Book of the Month Club. And the Book of the Month Club gives a, uh, a bonus to uh, people for buying so many books. And they gave her this, and she's never going to read it. But she thought because of what you said last night, you would like it. And I read this collection of writings and uh, I looked at it and I thought this is interesting. And that afternoon I was to go down and file my plan of work for my Ph.D. program. And rather than drive down and face the traffic going into downtown Detroit, I was at the University of Michigan and Wayne State University, I I sat and read an essay called The Whole Man by Abraham Maslow. (laughs) And Maslow was the first person that I'd ever seen in the field of psychology who spoke about we should not be assessing who human beings are and what they're capable of doing based upon what's missing or what's wrong or what they can't do or their weaknesses. We shouldn't study neurology. Uh, uh, neurological disorders, we shouldn't study how uh, psychotic people are or how neurotic they are. We should look at the greatest achievers who've ever walked among us, know that they all came from the same intelligence, and recognize and help people to find that within themselves. And as I read this essay, I was so taken by it, and he talked about the qualities or the characteristics of what he called self-actualizing people. And he said the number one quality and characteristic of these people who live at the apex of what he called self-actualization, who are way beyond just taking care of their biological needs, who are way beyond their social needs, who are way beyond needing to be loved and so on. These are people who came here with a purpose. These are people who have a dharma, These are people who won't let anyone else determine what it is they're going to be. He said their number one quality of these people is that they are independent of the good opinion of other people. They listen to an inner voice that only they can hear. They have a soul inside of them. Their soul, I wrote this out the other night about the soul, the ideal of the soul this inner part of you that says I think I'm gonna, the commander in the command center that's in each and every one of you that is processing the words that are coming out of my mouth. Not this body that's sitting there, it's gonna change and it's gonna be something different. Every minute it's gonna change and be something different. I'm talking to your soul. I'm talking to the invisibleness within you. The, the ideal of the soul, the thing that it aims for is neither knowledge nor light nor happiness The ideal of the soul, the ideal of your innerness, who you are, not this body you're in, but who you are, the observer to that body, is space, its immensity. Why? Because it's infinite. And why is it infinite? Because it's not finite. It's either finite or it's infinite. Finite means it begins someplace and it stops someplace. Where do your thoughts stop? Where does your soul stop? It doesn't. So therefore, anything that's inside of you that is infinite has got to expand. It has to expand. It needs to keep growing. And anytime you try to put it into a box or compartmentalize it or tell it what it ought to be, you know, all of you, I don't know all of you who are parents, but you've all heard your kids at one time or another say, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> You can't tell me what to do. You've all heard this, right? You all said it yourselves. When I was a kid, I was, called, I, I was called a scurvy elephant because when I came home from school, I asked Mrs. Scarf, the lady that I was living with at the time, what's a scurvy elephant? She said, where did you hear that? She said, I heard, I said, I heard Mrs. Poole telling the principal that Wayne Dyer is in her classroom and that he's a scurvy elephant. She got on the phone, she called the principal, she said, that's Wayne, he never gets anything right, he gets everything mixed up. She didn't say he was a scurvy elephant in her classroom, she said he was a disturbing element in her classroom. (laughs) Your soul is a scurvy elephant.
0: All right, friends, that was Dr. Wayne Dyer. His website is drwaynedyer.com. As always, I recommend his book, The Power of Intention. So good, everybody needs to read that. And if you wanna watch today's entire talk, go to the YouTube and punch in Dr. Wayne Dyer, more words of wisdom from the father of motivation. That's it for me. Enjoy your Thursday. I will see you tomorrow for our Finance Friday episode. I'm out, peace.